us and welcome to the Reptile Living Room featuring John Taylor of Herp House Magazine and James Tintle with Cold-Blooded Publishing. The Reptile Living Room is brought to you by Herp House Magazine, the premier digital magazine for the reptile hobbyist, and by Cold-Blooded Publishing, your exclusive reptile media publishing company. Now, here are John and James in the Reptile Living Room. Good evening, welcome to another broadcast of the Reptile Living Room. We're the only independently produced and distributed live reptile broadcast available today. Each week we bring you a specific panel of herpeticulture and herpetological respondents to discuss the various aspects of our community and current events impacting and affecting herpeticulture and herpetology. Reptile Living Room also brings modern day technology to our community through an interactive platform. Interact with our hosts, guests, and other like-minded individuals on the Reptile Living Room YouTube channel live during the show. I'm your host, John F. Taylor of Reptile Apartment Group, and we'd like to introduce my co-host over there, James Tennell of Tyrannus Tricolors. How are you doing tonight, James? I am doing pretty good. <laughs> Sweating. It's been yeah. hot in Florida. <laughs> That's what I heard from Chad, too. Hot's not the word for it. <laughs> poor, poor Chad. I mean, we spent three hours out herping on... Wednesday, last Wednesday, and that poor guy, he was beat. I mean, that sun just takes it right out of you, and, and the humidity is even worse. That was ungodly. <laughs> now, before we jump into tonight's show, which is actually celebrating the 25th anniversary, which would be the diamond anniversary for um, silver. The, the silver. Sil oh, sorry, silver anniversary. That's right. Diamond was the 75 one. This is the silver anniversary of uh, the NARBE show down in Daytona, which pretty much has been the mainstay for her pediculture for, you know, obviously 25 years now. That's where pretty much everybody, I think, got their start, it seemed, in her pediculture anyway. So who's our sponsors tonight, Jimmy? Well, first sponsor of the night, we have Reptile Arts, Natalyn Vieto. Um, makes some great artwork, I think... Uh, what was our latest daily creature, John? I saw it come across my screen, and I can't remember what it was now. But uh -huh. it's reptilearts.com, Natalie Pieto Illustration. She has a, also has an Etsy store as well. Yep. So that's the first one on the list. Next one, we have The Tempo by Blue Maestro. Um, great little temperature gauge product by Blue Maestro. Check it out. If you're watching us on Google+, Plus, they're actually all over on the right-hand side. And you can go straight to their websites and check out their products as well. And then we have Reptiles Express. I was uh, pleasured with meeting Clay at uh, Daytona this uh, past weekend. And uh, Reptiles Express, your sh reptile shipping uh, company. Check them out. It's reptilesexpress.com. Then we have Happy Gecko Sticky Situation, Rachel Winchin, another great herpeticulture, herpetological um, artist. Comes out with some great, great stickers as well. Um, check out Rachel at uh, uh, reptilestickers.com. Then, of course, we have Herp House Mag, which newish will be out um, sometime in the next 10 days or so. Um, herphousemag.com. Your 100% digital herpetological magazine. And last but not least, we have the Dragon Layer up in Canada, Reptile Supply Company up in Canada. You're neck of the woods there, John. Yep. Uh, ben Corcoran runs that for us, uh, the Dragon's Layer, and I think they just hatched out some pretty rare lizards, and he is going to be at the CRBE show, which is the Canadian Reptile Breeders Expo. Um, and I don't recall the date on that, but I'll look it up and then throw it out in the show notes for um, all of our friends over there on the western side of Canada. Cool. All so, right. I think that's it on our sponsors this week. Awesome. Okay. So basically, you guys, uh, you and Chad got together over the weekend, uh, or long week as it were for you, because you had him out there for the whole week to uh, visit the NARBE show. And uh, 
NRBE. National Reptiles Breeders Expo. Yep. Right. <laughs> so how long has that, sh that show been going on? 25 years now. When did you first start going? Uh, my first trip to Daytona was 1996. So I've been going, what, 18 of the 25 years? I've missed a few years here and there, but 96 was my first show. I was actually still living in New York and came down for the show. And then uh, I missed 97, 98, I moved to Florida, and then I was there since. So, um, And I missed just like two years some in the 2000s. But 25 years, it's a long time. They started at the Twin Towers in Orlando. A lot of, a lot of people can actually remember that. Um, a huge show. Always one of the best shows, um, and, and and it really this year was the same way. I mean, everything it shows uh, her pediculture and the shifts in animals. You know what's hot, what's not, um, what's coming up. I, I thought it was a great show for a 25th anniversary. I thought it was a great, great show. Nice. So, Chad, when did you first go to Daytona? Was this your first show or what? Chad's mic's off. He doesn't want to talk tonight. Yeah, I was. Uh, I went back in what uh, 2008, I think it was, my first show. Um, it was pretty cool. Uh, this was. I only had one day to spend there then. This one I had the whole weekend, so it was a lot better. Got to enjoy a little more. Very cool. So now. As far as uh, we were talking about this earlier, uh, while you guys were there, what's the basic differences between a reptile show and a trade show? Wow. Yeah, um, pretty much every reptile show is basically a trade show. Um, you pretty much go out there as a business and, and put your business out to the people that come into the show. I, I think every reptile show is basically a trade show, but there is some sort of difference between the bigger shows like Daytona, mm -hmm. uh, National Reptiles Breeders Expo, um, like Tinley, NARBC, Tinley Park, and the Super Show out in California. Right. Those shows tend to be a larger, um, more like industry trade show. Um, they have typically the larger names, um, the bigger companies. So, you know, those three shows are pretty much, you know, more of a trade show. White Plains, there's a lot of reptile, great reptile shows out there, and I'm not disregarding any of them. Um, but I think Daytona and Tinley Park and the Super Show are some of the major trade shows that we get to see. And, sure. and we just get to see a lot more. Okay. That makes sense. Now, what are your thoughts on that, Chad? Do you see a, a huge difference between the two? Um, I think the smaller shows are more sales-based, and the larger ones, um, it's more showing upcoming projects. People can get like a hands-on and see what they have. Um, right. No equipment on the market. Um, just kind of a and more of a meet and greet. Um, more networking involved in the bigger shows than in the smaller ones. Right. Now, what do you guys think would be uh, say one of the biggest benefits to attending a sales reptile show versus you know a larger national uh, trade show type show well you know I've done Daytona the past two years as a vendor um, not this not this last year but two years prior I've done Daytona and as a vendor it really got my name out in, in the company um, Tremendous tricolors. It really put my name out there and put myself in front of, you know, thousands of people that typically may have never seen me. So, you know, going out there and putting your company in front of so many people because there is such a big draw to these larger shows, you get to network with a lot of people and people will find you on social media. They'll they'll find you on the internet. With the smaller shows. You get more of a local group, so you get to become friends with some of the more local guys, um, discuss stuff, and uh, it, it's still a great show. The local shows are still great shows, and, and I like to network and like to talk and see what kind of projects everybody's working on locally and, and talk about you know special deals, whether it be on Aspen bedding, whether it be on 
you know, tubs or, or whatever. We talk about a, a wide range of stuff where the larger show, it's more of, hi, how you doing? I'm so-and-so. Thank you very much. And, and you kind of move on because there's so, so much to see where right. you spend a lot more intimate time and become closer friends typically at the smaller local shows. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, I think, I mean, I didn't have a whole lot of money to spend. I mean, I didn't, you know, some stuff, but uh, I didn't go for shopping as much as I did to, you know, check out the different cage manufacturers. I'm going into, you know, going to be getting some racks pretty soon, and I wanted to see how the different racks were set up, um, the sizes, uh, see what projects people were coming out with. You know, people had animals there that weren't even for sale yet, um, just showing future projects and gives people a chance to see them in their true light and what they really look like and plan, you know, future projects and everything. Right. You know, the one thing the one thing I have to say too is, you know, local shows are definitely um, the group of people in local shows that I find, especially here in Florida or, you know, even when I was going to some of the other ones, the local shows are typically with the smaller breeders. Um, they typically have, you know, just as nice animals. They come in. They're just local guys that are, that are trying to sell animals and, um, and and get their name out there with other people and, and, and network, just like the larger ones. One thing I noticed at Daytona, though, this year, is there was some really nice displays, some really nice booths, you know, where you could tell that they put, you know, five six thousand dollars into displaying their animals or you know even there was a booth there that had four t you know, an end cap and had this huge banner you know and, and knowing how much goes into that they spend a lot of money to promote their their company and, and I like that 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 shows that you know they're really involved in what they do and they really want to promote their company and they feel that their company is one of the better ones so when companies invest in themselves like that, I, I, I definitely like it. It's not like you have, you know, a, a PVC stand with just a banner across anymore. There's a lot of money that goes into these booths and, and to show off the animals that they produce and or products that they sell. Yeah, I think one of the coolest ones I saw, I think, was the uh, Reptile Super Show or NARVC, um, but it was uh, Justin Julander and. Um, his python setups um, had foam like rock work around them with the cages pushed in behind, you know, well lit so you could actually see the snakes in the enclosures and stuff. Just a really, really well done setup. Now, did you see a lot of those there? And uh, what were the attendees like as well, guys? You know, who else was in attendance there that you saw? Well, not, not only, you know, I, I've, talked to, I've talked to many people and... and you know, I really went to Daytona this year to do a lot of other things than um, kind of network. I really wanted to take some pictures and spend some time with some of the animals that I usually don't hang out with, like lizards, you know, frogs, amphibians, but I never found the time to do do that. I was talking to a lot of people, and believe it or not, in Daytona, there's actually a lot of people that aren't even in herpetoculture or herpetology that go to the show, and they actually pay just to come see these exotic animals and learn about them. And learn, excuse me, and learn from people that actually work with them. So, you know, the types of people range from grandmothers all the way down to little kids. And, and some of them, you know, are, are keep animals. Some of them don't. So there's a huge range of people. And, and, you know, that's what we like to see. And Daytona is one of them. I mean, there's people there that are deathly afraid of snakes. And they're walking around a reptile show. You know, it, it shocks us for the people inside her pediculture, but we always have to remember that there are people that don't keep the animals that we keep, but they do enjoy seeing them and, and seeing them on display. Yeah, it's almost like an, um, almost like artwork. Exactly. Um, like when you go to a, a zoo, for example, and want to see some reptiles, they're not going to have all the crazy morphs and the, you know, some of the exotics and everything that you can see at a reptile show. I mean, I hate to say it, but it's just a lot of cool stuff there. I'm not really that into morphs that much, but, you know, it's cool to look at them once in a while. They are eye candy for sure. 
You know, that brings up another good point, too, because you always see people, <coughs> and they always, you know, there's always going to be haters at all the shows, but you always see them talking about, you know, of course, the big one now is the ball pythons are taking over the market and crushing the market, this market, that market. And James, uh, being a Kluber breeder as long as you have, as long as you have, and Bob Applegate and you know all the all the seasoned vets, you know, can tell you the same thing happened with Kluber's. You know, they went up, they went down, they went up, they went down. It's just a cyclical thing. So what 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 causes these uproars at the shows about you know there's too many ball python breeders nowadays? Did you guys see that at the donut? Oh, absolutely. Actually, this year was nothing compared to the last two. Um, the last two years were definitely ball python heavy. I was very surprised. I I was expecting to see a lot of ball python guys this year in mm -hmm. Daytona, and uh, you know. It w there wasn't very many, and, and Chad and I are going to try to sit down and really take a look at the list, the vendor list, and find out which ones were selling ball pythons. There was a lot of ball python guys selling ball pythons and selling colubrids. Um, mm -hmm. I saw a lot of those, too, as well. So I don't think ball pythons, you know, they're always going to be a staple. It's like corn snakes. Right. Corn snakes are always going to be a staple at a show. That, you know, you're going to be able to see some sort of morph of a corn snake or normal or whatever of corn snakes at a show. And ball pythons have just become that popular where we're going to see them. We have to live with them. It's one of those things that brings people into the hobby. Um, but it, it was very surprising. The amount of ball python people at Daytona this year was, was actually a lot lower, I think, than the previous two years. Yeah, they're... There weren't a whole lot. I mean, they, and the ones that were there were beautiful. Um, you know, I wouldn't. I can look at them all day, but I'm glad to see. I'm probably going to catch hell for this, but I'm glad to see the price that are coming down where everybody can afford them. Um, you know, I think the the heyday of people spending ten thousand dollars on an animal is going by the wayside, and things are getting a little more um, realistic, and people are getting into it a little more, and I'd love to see that. I mean, I'd love to see everybody able to be able to buy the killer ball python, and there's nothing wrong with them. I mean, they're they're a great animal. It's just, I know brought a lot of greed. People were, you know, spending $10,000 buying four or five animals and thinking they're going to get rich in a year. Yeah. You know, and that just doesn't work that way. You don't get into it for the love of the animals. They get into it for the money. Right. And speaking of that, what are the costs, and you know, are they worth it as far as you know going to the shows and you know buying the booth space and what have you? Well, you know, on a business aspect, it's definitely worth it. If you can, if you can structure your business where you can make one of the three big shows, um, whether it be if you're out west, make super show. If you're you know, Midwest making Tinley Park, and if you're on the East Coast making Daytona, or, or, or vice versa, or even all three of them, right. um, I think it gives you the best bang for your buck. Granted, those three shows, tables are two or three times what it would cost for a local show. Typically, local shows, table costs run anywhere from 65 to $125. So, but they're a little bit more often. So you're, you're kind of spending a lot of money to get to the same same people over and over because you can only draw so many people to a local show where you have a larger show like Daytona or like Tinley Park or like Super Show you actually have people from other countries flying <laughs> in to go to that show so you get a better bang for your buck it costs more but you get a be better bang for your buck and, and think of it as advertising costs you know you you're a breeder, you're trying to sell a product, or you're trying to get your name out there, or you're trying to, you know, um, sell an animal, yeah. whatever you're trying to do as a business, whether it be a book, whatever it might be, you're using this as advertising, but it's face-to-face -face advertising, it's word-of-mouth advertising, it's hands-on advertising. It's not putting a video in front of somebody, it's not putting a picture in front of somebody, it's actually talking with that person, and you, the business owner, or if you have salespeople, are actually selling the items you have. So um, I think I, I, I am one to really recommend anybody 
that's you know starting out or has been doing it for a while and their collection has gotten large and they start producing a little bit more if you if you can produce two to three hundred animals it's well worth the three hundred dollars or the thousand dollars for the trip which that's what it typically costs me to go to Daytona and I'm only three hours away um, I usually set aside a thousand dollars for that weekend three hundred dollars for the table and then you have hotel for three days and travel expenses and everything else so you know it's well worth that thousand dollars because you when you look at the amount of people that go in there and I don't know the exact numbers but I know they're in the tens of thousands or the high thousands of the amount of people and you break it down you're paying pennies to put yourself in front of people so um, the cost involved you know you have to look at it as, a, as an advertisement cost you know what where are you going to where are you going to be able to put yourself and talk to that many customers at one time or one given weekend? And not just the you know the advertising if you even have a table. I mean, I I came all the way from Ohio to it and spent you know five six hundred dollars just in a flight and everything getting down there and I had a great time. I mean, it's a vacation. You know, you can go on a cruise and with a bunch of strangers. You can go to a show with you know half my friends on Facebook. You know. I met so many people down there that <laughs> it was great. Nice. And that, that brings up another good point, you know, as far as networking. You know, what type of networking are we doing at the at the larger shows and, and you know, at the local show? What type of networking can we make happen and what should we be making happen at those levels? Well, you know, it all depends on, you know, what you're doing. There's two ways to look at it. If we're talking, you know, business, and and I actually want to go back to uh, the costs involved um, and look at it a different. You know, my answer was on a business standpoint, but as Chad mentioned, he spent a ton of money as a as a person just going down to be at the show to 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 meet the people on Facebook that were going to the show to hang out, to buy them a beer, to to eat lunch with them, whatever it might be. You know, even as just a person in her pediculture, whether you're a small-time breeder, whether you just keep animals, or you just want to, you take pictures, um, the costs are well worth it because you can always meet people and talk with people that could probably solve problems that you actually have, and, and people at shows are more willing to spend 15 to 20 minutes explaining something to you than they would on Facebook. And it goes back to some of the previous shows we've done. You know, when you go to a show and you ask somebody something face-to-face, -face, they're going to give you a rightful answer, you know, because they get you get to see their facial expressions and everything else. So even as just a, a, a hobbyist, you know, the costs involved for the small-time vacation or just the weekend, excuse me, guys, um, is well worth it as well. And then, you know, as a smaller hobbyist, first time in the hobby, have your first couple snakes, your network grows. You become friends with the gut, everybody at the larger shows and even the local shows. You know, you talk to them. You go see them every month or, you know, once a year and you meet them. And, you know, it, it's a way to grow yourself knowledgeable-wise. And also, you know, if you're on the business standpoint, you want to network with everybody else. So if you have a project you're working on, you know, you can look at what everybody else is working on or talk to them knowing that they have the same project or if they're working on something similar. So you can actually, you know, network with these people and become friends, even though you're in competition when it comes selling time. But at least you know what steps they're taking. They know what steps you're taking. And, and you can kind of bring it to an even keel and, and maybe work on the project together just in two separate arenas. So either way, whether you're first-time hobbyist or a business or, a, you know, a starting-off business, the networking is unbelievable. Did you find yourself doing a lot of networking, Chad? Yeah. Um, and not only networking, I mean, seeing the animals. I mean, you can look at pictures of them all day on Facebook or on classified somewhere, but until you see the animal in person, how flighty they are, how tame they can be, their true colors and, you know, everything, it's, it just gives you a different perspective on what you might want to work with, you know. There's a billion things I want to work with, and 
I saw a few things in person down there. I'm like, eh, maybe I'll pass on those. They're just a little too crazy, you know, or, you know, too, uh, you know, too big or whatever. Yeah. Um, it just gives you a, a different perspective of things. Now, then, go ahead. But, Chad, there was other things that you saw, too, that you would have saw a picture of, and if they didn't take a great picture, you know, you would never purchase that animal. Oh, absolutely. That's what I'm saying. You never you know, you never know what you're going to what you're going to see. It gives you a chance to see, you know, other than pictures, you know, real life animals and <laughs> you know, uh did you guys see any uh released uh new animals as far as morphs or anything like that? To tell you the truth, John, uh, um I spent probably 98% of my time talking. <laughs> I mean, it, yeah. it I went there to see the animals, and of course, I got to wa walk around and see what it is. I knew what tables I wanted to hit. I knew who I wanted to talk to, but, you know, Saturday, we got there. We got in, and l luckily, uh, you know, we, we were kind of the first ones in there, and it it started right off the bat. You know, walk around. I talked to all the breeders. You know, everybody was like, hey, Jimmy, where's your table? Where's your table? I didn't have one, so, you know, I had to go through that whole story, but I spent a lot of time talking more than finding animals. I, I know Chad and I split up a lot where, you know, I went off one way, he went off another way. Chad probably saw more animals than I did, so he, he'd probably be better fit to answer that question. <laughs> I'll tell you what, there's probably tables I guarantee I didn't even see. Um, I, I mean, instead of going up and down the row and looking at everything, I'd see something in distance, head right for it, then come <laughs> back, zigzag, and go back. I mean... I guarantee there's a few tables I didn't even stop at because I, you know, was too busy looking at other things and talking, like you said. But there were some really cool things there that I haven't seen in years. Um, just a lot of a lot of neat stuff. Very cool. So one, you, one nice one nice thing that I saw, and, and I saw it on probably a handful of tables, was actually locality colubrids. Um, so. It was really nice. I posted some stuff in Kluber Crazy while I was at the show, but it was nice to see people working with locality stuff, being a locality nut myself, but it was nice to see those back at the show too as well on the Kluberid side. Um, lots of really neat Kluberids, some of them from the old school coming back, a little bit more popular. Um, others, you know, were just the staples. So, um, I, I think it was a really good show. There was really, you know, uh, Don Soderbergh had the palmetto corn out there. He had babies for sale. Um, oh, wow. and, and so, I mean, it was a really overall, Kluber-wise, which is where I stand most of the time, it was a really good show. Granted, I didn't see anything out of the ordinary that I would purchase for my collection. Yeah. Um, there wasn't a ton of high-dollar Klubers there. There were some but just not in my realm of tricolors or anything like that. But um, I, I, there was, it was definitely a great selection of Klubrids there. One thing I like from seeing things I haven't seen in years, like uh, the Western Green Lacertas, I saw those there. Um, haven't seen those since, uh, oh, man, mid-'90s. You know, I mean, they come up every once in a while, but there was two different vendors that had babies there. Um, Axolotl, something you don't see every... Every day, a lot of amphibians there. Um, marble newts. I've never seen those at a show before. No. Yeah, just a lot of cool stuff. Something for everybody. I mean, like uh, toke ge geckos. Uh, a lot of cool morphs of toke geckos. Really? Cool. Yeah. And, of course, tortoises. I mean, yeah. it, huge. You know, Daytona is a huge turtle show. So if you're a turtle level, lover... I mean, to tortoises and turtles, it, it, they had a ton. Um, what were what were the ones in the back corner, Chad? Black Mountain? Yeah, um, the Asian black mountain tortoise. Um, and then they had redfoots, elongated, um, mar marginated. Um, yeah, so didn't see a whole lot of socatas. Uh, a few tables had a few babies, but not a whole lot of them. Hmm. A lot of redfoot, so. Oh yeah. Very cool. Now, as far as hard goods, anything uh, catch your guys' eyes? 
Nothing out of the usual. I didn't see any any new promoted uh, hard good stuff. I mean, so I got to check out the Sims containers for egg incubation. Um, they actually have the ones for the deli cup too. So I got to check those out. Um, hard good wise, you, you know, my favorite my favorite stop there is Wildside, and uh, let me grab his last name real quick. I'm not even because, sure I saw that one. Yeah, you did, because that's where you bought your book. So, oh, yeah, yeah. So, John and Marie Chemnitzer from The Wild Side, they have all the old books. So, they have this one booth, and it's nothing but books. And I tell you what, I could spend all day and six months' worth of paychecks in that at that area. Oh, you know? yeah. And, and John's, you know, they're great people. And, and they have such a great, you know, display of old-time stuff. So, you know, they had old banners with, with uh, snakes on them. And, you know, the old, remember the old pennants and stuff? Yeah. They had really? the old pennants from the zoos, like the St. Louis Zoo, stuff like that. So they had all that there for sale. So <laughs> it's all that old-school memorabilia, old-school books, you know. So, you know. And this is no, he doesn't have a website. Oh, and you know what, John, you would like this. Um, they had a whole, and I wish I had spent more time there. I quickly went through it, but they had a whole corner dedicated to art. Um, I mean, beautiful artwork, no. you know, photographs, everything, sculptures. And, yeah, I, I actually spent a lot of time over there at that artwork, trying to decide if I want to <laughs> drop six hundred and fifty dollars on a couple pieces. <laughs> yeah, I avoided it for that reason. You know, there is some great artists. Um, uh, uh, Dr. Waffa, his uh, girlfriend was there. She had all her artwork on and I mean on display. It was great. I mean, and there's always an art corner at Daytona. Mm -hmm. and, and this year, you know, it, it it was great. They had tables, sculptures, everything. Very cool. That's just awesome. But my favorite by far is the old bookstore. You know that it's that old bookstore in the middle of the uh, oh, yeah. of the show. You know, I, I could pass by all the morphs and everything. Go straight to that bookstore, start cracking open some of the books. Chad got to pick up a, a great book at a great price. I mean, it, and of course, and of course, I always pick up uh, a, a new milk snake book while I'm there. So, nice. you know, that, that was my only purchase at Daytona. Really? Yeah, yeah. Only one. Wow. Yep. Yeah, I'm gonna keep my book a secret until I decide whether I'm keeping it or opening it or what I'm gonna do. Taking it back next year, getting an autograph. I'm not sure. Yeah. Well, we may be able to see them before next year, hopefully. That might so work. You can get it autographed, but um, yeah, uh, Chad got a, a killer deal on, on that one print. for sure. Out of print book, still in the wrapper, pristine. I hate you. <laughs> You know, some of the books, you know what's crazy is like um, Haas' book, uh, Serpents in the Garden, is that what it is? Bill Haas. Uh, oh, yeah, 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 sorry. <laughs> you know, I talked to John, and John had somebody ask about it. He's like, yeah, I have two copies, one signed, one unsigned, but you, didn't, you won't like the price. And uh, I was like, hmm, I'm not even standing around to hear the price. <laughs> Walk away, run. Yep, yep. So otherwise, I probably would have bought that one. Um, it's one of the ones I don't have in in the collection anymore. But it, it was I was surprised. But it, you know, a lot of that old school memorabilia stuff, it's not around anymore. And no. especially if you can find a signed copy or something like that, you know, there's a lot of people that collect it. Yeah, definitely. I know I do because uh, I remember I picked up a book. Uh, I think it was from Ken Poos out at uh, Exotic Pets Las Vegas. Uh, grabbed it out of his library and bought it and brought it home. Actually, uh, Becky bought it for me. It was the Introduction to Herpetology uh, by Zaf, uh, Zuck, sorry, and uh, it was actually signed by a couple of the authors. I didn't even know it at the time, but uh, brought it home, opened it up, and I. So yeah, that one's staying on the collector's shelf. <laughs> right. 
And, and it's good. I mean, uh, we're we're some of the old school people, and you know, I, I'm a huge uh, book collector because. I don't know. It's just one of those things where I can go grab it off the shelf and sure. grab that sticky note and open it up to my favorite section and sit down and read it. So, but that that was probably my my favorite table. And of course, you know, Lee Abbott had a great display of animals: corn snakes, uh, gray banded kings. Huge, yeah, yeah. huge display yeah. from him. Um, a, a buddy that a local buddy, Dennis Thomas. Um, he had a great selection of, of colubrids. Uh, Chad actually found a couple of great deals on his table. Well, I found one for him, but you know, Dennis Thomas had a great, a great selection. Even the ball python guys. I mean, I stopped and looked at some of the ball python tables too, and uh, th they had some some great animals on display. Whatever, Chad. <laughs> you recognize that? <laughs> See that name there? Yeah, yeah. I'm going to have to call Rob myself and see if I can scam one off of him. <laughs> Still in the wrapper, baby. <laughs> oh, jeez. <clears throat> so, uh, let's talk about this hotel that you guys were at. Oh, boy. experience over there. The hotel. I, really, the hotel was great. Typically, I stay in the Hilton. Um, and, and don't get me wrong, the Hilton's always great, too. It's right across the street, really easy to get to Oceanfront Center. Unfortunately, I didn't book my room in time. Um, typically, I book it, you know, March, April of the uh, prior. And this year, you know, the past two years, there wasn't very many people in the Hilton. So I was like, you know what, I'll just wait till the end. And, and Chad, I talked to Chad the day you flew out of Ohio, and he's like, hey, man, all the rooms are booked up at the Hilton. I'm like, get out of here. So I call him up, and of course, all the rooms were booked. Yeah. So... I wound up getting uh, a great room, awesome room. I mean, unbelievable room at the Plaza Resort about four blocks north. I tell you what, you know, if you looked on the GPS, it told you four miles. But it wasn't four miles. It was four blocks north. In the room, it had two beds. It had um, microwave, refrigerator, everything. Granted, my room didn't have a view. I looked at a wall. But who's in the hotel room anyway, hanging out, you know? Right. But, you know, they had a lot more for the kids to do, too. I mean, they had this huge chess set and swimming pool and basketball courts. And, I mean, it was just great. And, and the hotel, I couldn't say anything better about the hotel. You know, they... Oh, they... go ahead. No, you can go, Chad. I would say they had a movie out back, they, you know, on the beach. Um, you know, in the evening when it got dark, they had... You know, great staff, real friendly, very friendly. Um, it was awesome, great time. Yeah, yeah, I actually recommended it pretty much to everybody, you know, the next day on Sunday at the show. I'm like, man, when you come next year. And the great thing, John, it was $30 cheaper. Wow. So, you know, it, it wasn't that long of a walk, and it was 30 bucks cheaper a night. You know, you, you can't really beat it. The only bad thing is... Is like the Hilton. When you stay at the Hilton, of course everything's there. So, so your room's there. You're right across the street from the Oceanfront Center, and then you know, like the auction and the talks and everything on Friday and Saturday nights are all right there within the Hilton. But, you know, I mean, who who can say they went to a bar and a hotel on the beach and spent seventy dollars between six and, and two in the morning and ate dinner? Yeah. You know? well. So I mean, it, it it was it was just great. The whole hotel was just great. Very cool. So overall, for the uh, 25th silver anniversary of Daytona, give us a rundown on uh, basic review. If you could sum it up for uh, each one of you, sum it up for us. What was your experience like? Well. Let me see. Considering the first one I went to um, was in the Twin Towers in Orlando, and subsequent ones have been in Daytona at the Oceanfront Center. This one might definitely not the biggest, um, not the biggest show by any means, um, but it's still a top-notch show. I don't care what anybody says. I don't. To me, it's still a top-notch show. And it's not because of 
what's there. It's because of the people that are there. For 25 years, that has been the draw. I mean, you can you, you can stop by and talk to guys like Tom Crutchfield. You can stop by and talk. You, you know, there's just huge amounts of people that you can talk to. Craig Trumbauer, Rob Nemo. I mean, you can just stop and talk to these guys. Um, Michael Cole was there. I mean, and you can just stop and talk. You know, they don't know you, Adam, from Eve, and they may have talked to you on Facebook here and there. But these guys, you can just stop. Ron Tremper, stop at his table. Say hi. Introduce yeah. yourself. I mean, where else are you going to go in a herpetological world to meet these guys in person? Have your picture taken, get an autograph, get your book signed, whatever. Where are you going to go? So Daytona is not the, the hugest show by any means anymore. And... Uh, but it's, it's, it's a quality show, and it's a quality show in the way of the people that are there. And, and not only the vendors, but the people visiting, the people talking, the people that, that you know, go to that show. Because it, these are the people that made the show back in the day. And, and you know, I'll continue going. I, Chad and I stopped and talked to Wayne Hill on the way out the door. He's got it booked for another two years. So we're looking at 26 and 27 years. So, um, if I, you know, if I heard him correctly, I think it was another two years. So we're looking at another two years at Daytona and, you know, I'm looking forward to it. You know, there's been rumors for many years. This is the last year. This is the last year. Who wants to go to ball Python, uh, expo. And I'm telling you, you know, her, her pediculture changes and, to go to these shows, and, and you can see how her pediculture changes by going to the bigger shows, and they're well worth going. Absolutely. I had a great time. I mean, I didn't go with any expectations other than to have fun, meet people, you know, see some killer animals, and every one of those expectations was exceeded. Um, I, had a, I had a blast. It was well worth every penny I spent. I'm going to do it again next year. Um, and for the people saying it's all ball pythons, if you took every ball python out of that show, it still would have been a great show. Um, I mean, I, I would still would have won. It was a ton of animals there. Bluebirds, lizards, geckos, uh, turtles, tortoises, frogs, everything. All around great experience. So John, so, John, my question to you is, are you coming down next year? Dude, I've got to, man. I have to. It's not even a question. I have to now. I mean, dude. Make it happen. Because, you know, that's. Daytona's always been, like, the show. Everybody, you know. So you've been to Daytona, right? Well, uh, no. Not yet. <laughs> oh, God damn it. Really? Again? It's like everyone you talk to, you know, in, in her picture, they've been to Daytona at least once. You know, and they can tell you all the wild stories and experiences of the auctions and, you know, how much this guy paid for this lizard or how much this person, you know, totally got the killer deal of the evening because they only paid 25 bucks for, like, you know, a $1,000 animal or something. I mean, yeah. You, you know what's funny is a uh, buddy of mine, Mark Kennedy, and I were uh, standing at a table, and he picked up some mandarin rat snakes. And we all know mandarin rat snakes are probably around 100, 100 and a quarter. Yeah. Two years ago, there was a person selling males only at $35 a piece when the doors opened Saturday morning. And, uh, you know, we talk about that experience. It, it, you know, that's one of those experiences where you're like, wow, $35 for a $125 animal? You know, how come I didn't buy the whole thing? You know, how come I didn't buy them all? Yeah, and, and, you know, those are the experiences and, and you know, the laughs and stuff like that. So, it, it, you know. You have to, you have to at least be there one time, and uh, you know, I, I, I'm like sitting here going through Daytona as not a vendor. It, it's different experience when you're a vendor, because um, you're all business orientated. So when you go and, and you talk and you, you mingle, it's a lot different. But you know, I'm really looking forward to possibly making Tinley Park. I want to see how they compare. I want to see how Tinley Park compares to Daytona, and I want to see how the Super Show compares to Tinley Park and Daytona. 
Um, and then you guys got to come out here to the CRBE too. Yeah, I'm not crossing any borders. <laughs> it's too cold up there. Now, John, if you come down next summer for Daytona, yeah, you best start hitting the sauna about Mayish. Now. So, so you, your body can get used to the, the Florida heat in the middle of October? Hey, Jim, you've been there how many years? Uh, more than I like to admit, but I think um, this year is 17. Are you used to it? <laughs> I mean, it's, I, don't, I don't think there's any getting used to that heat down there. Well, actually, I am. I mean, uh, our typical days, Chad, you were down, you know, we had a typical west wind, which brought in a lot more humidity in the morning. So it was a lot deeper walk outside, instantly sweat type deal. We had rain showers in the morning the first week you were down here. But you have to admit, over on the east coast, on on the Daytona side, the evening temperatures were a lot better than what they were at my house on the west coast Absolutely. side. Absolutely. I mean, you, you go to your back porch. Step out, you know, open that glass door, take one step out, and it sucks the, lung, the air out of your lungs. It's, all, it's like getting into a hot car on, you know, a black car on a hot sunny day. Oh, man, that's brutal. And you, know, you know what's funny, John? Is I do have a black car. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So Chad was dying. You opened that door, it was even worse. You know, it was like 140 degrees hitting you in the head. But oh, I let him go out and cool it off first. I made my way out to the car real slow. <laughs> oh, Becky would kill me if I did that. Jeez. Uh, wicked. I mean, it was so hot. Well, you but, know, it, typically we have rain in the afternoon, and, and Chad, be glad you left when you did, because <laughs> Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday of this week has been absolutely worse. Because there hasn't been any rain showers to cool it off, or any even any clouds in the sky to cool it off. Um, so I mean, it, it's been been real hectic here. We went on that walk, and there was only one alligator. I mean, the alligators it was too hot for them to come out. Yep, they're all hiding out in the muck. <laughs> you know, it's hot when the alligators won't even come out to say hi. <laughs> oh man, the spiders were out though. Yeah, big old banana spiders about that big. Uh, yeah, the birds were all in the shade trees. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> there was nothing out. So, no. but next year hopefully it'd be better. Yeah, for sure. I'm probably coming down next spring, but I'm gonna hit every. You know, Daytona's gonna be my vacation of the year. Most people go to Disney World or something once a year. I'm gonna plan on going to Daytona every year as long as it goes on. Yep. I think I should do the same thing. I think uh, I think Tinley Park is is a great show too. Um, talking and, and not only that, Brian Potter's you know a sponsor of ReptileApartment.com and Herp House Mag and stuff. But you know I, I really want to go review Tinley Park. Everybody that goes tells me what a great time they have, and, and you know that it's the next big show. That it's you know the old Daytona. So I really yeah. want to see if the, that holds true or not. Yeah, I've never been to Tinley, but from what I've seen on people's posts and everything, Tinley seems like a different generation. Uh, it's a younger generation, younger crowd, whereas Daytona's all the old, old school, you know, originals, um, still common, but whereas Tinley be a lot of the younger breeders and stuff. Is that from what you've seen too, or? Mm. Not from what I heard. Now, like I said, you know, I, I've never been, so it, it's one of those. If it is the younger crowd, even better, more <laughs> the merrier. You know, um, I don't mind the younger crowd, but uh, uh, you know, it's just something I want to compare. You know, being to the show, I want to be able to compare it personally and say, okay, this one I like this one better because of this, or I like that one better because of that. Um, so, you know, Tinley's my next objective this year. And hopefully, hopefully I won't know as many people so I can actually enjoy walking around looking at animals. I won't have to talk the whole entire time. Yeah, you were quite a social butterfly down there. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately I was. 
but it works. You know, it works. I made I made some great contacts this time around. You know, I had people coming up to me. You know, asking me about the book that we released last year, um, asking me where my co-author Doug Mung was. You know, I had people I didn't even know walking up to me. Hey, Jimmy. You know, we're friends on Facebook, and, and just started talking. So, it's great. It's a great time. Awesome. So, any final thoughts to wrap up the show, gentlemen? Or no, actually, no. Um, I don't have any. I'm just looking forward to being done with Daytona, kids back in school, and, and start setting up some really great reptile living room shows for um, the rest of the year. You know, we're getting ready to the fourth quarter of uh, of the year, and I, I want to finish up reptile living room, and I know you two do as well with with some great shows for our guests. And uh, I, I know we have a couple of really good ones lined up, and hopefully that's, you know, what I'm looking at. Absolutely. Very cool, man. Awesome stuff. Well, I appreciate you guys uh, coming on, even after you post the Daytona. I know how rough that is going to a show for the entire weekend, and you're, you feel like you got to recover the rest of the week just to, you know, go back to work in the morning. It is. Yeah. Actually, I had to go back to work just to recoup. <laughs> I'm just wondering where I turn in my receipts for the expense account. Yeah, exactly. That would be. Uh, oh, yeah. You turn them into the executive producer. Exactly. Um, and, and just like I told Jason Hood at, at, at the show, I said, "There's our executive producer. He, he'll have your check in the mail." So, so the executive producer will pay your expense receipts there, Chad. Okay, I'll get right on that. Should have expected that one. <laughs> Reach deep in that pocket to repay him. It's empty. <laughs> Next week, I'll uh, I'll show off some of the stuff I got down there. That'd be sweet, dude. I'd love to see it. Absolutely. You picked up some stuff from Jimmy too. Yeah, I spent most of my money before I even got to the show. <laughs> oh, that's funny. See, that's one one thing I, I can tell our audience: don't ever stay with a breeder. <laughs> Don't ever hang out at his house. Don't ever stay with stay with him because if you do, you're bound and determined to leave with more than what you thought you were going to leave with. Oh, hell yeah. Especially when he's hatching a bunch of stuff and you have to see every one because he's sexing every snake that just hatched. Here, you want to see yeah. this one? I'm picking them as they're pipping. I'm like, oh, that one's out of the egg. I want that one. Oh, wait, that one, the next one came out. I want that one instead. Every one comes out to look. A little cooler, and I'm like, yeah, I'll just wait till they all hatch and pick then. Nice. Yeah, it was a good time. Thanks a lot, Jimmy. Appreciate it. No problem. Anytime. You guys, you know, guys, more than welcome to come stay. Awesome. So, alrighty, guys. Well, next week um, we have a pretty exciting show coming up. Next week we're just doing the final details. Um, so look forward to seeing the event pages. Other than that, I don't have any closing statements for Reptile Living Room other than come view us next Thursday, 9 p.m. We'll be on YouTube, G+. You can catch our recorded versions on iTunes. I'll have the last two weeks up. I've been slacking. And this week, catch us up on iTunes, Reptile Living Room. Uh, you guys got anything else? No. No, I think that's about it. That about wraps it for us, yeah. Then we're out of here. See you guys next week. Thanks for watching. Have a good one.